Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice. The Drive with Tim Donnelly, 99.9 The Fan. On a Tuesday, Graham Hill producing the show. Dennis Cox will be back, back with us tomorrow. And as always, at about this time, it's time for the starting five, starting with number five. Sam Howell was benched on Sunday for Jacoby Brissett, which is of particular particular interest to college football fans in the area because it's an NC State quarterback replacing a UNC quarterback in an NFL game. The rivalry continues. The rivalry never dies. Um, it's interesting because Sam Howell has already been named the starting quarterback continuing moving forward. And Ron Rivera, the head coach of the Washington Commanders, tried to sell it as they were almost protecting Sam Howell because they had gotten themselves behind by so much that in obvious passing downs, uh, the team was able to, the defense was able to just pin their ears back and get after Sam. Which is a strange thing to say for the simple fact of that mean you were putting Jacoby Brissett out there just to get his butt kicked? It's fair. You're like, hey, you know what? Our starter who gets all the reps and probably, you know, has the best chance to get rid of the ball quickly. We took him out and put the backup in to get his, you know, get himself rocked by the defense. But, hey, Jacoby Brissett went in there and kind of made him – had himself and, a game a little bit. And that complicates everything, right? It's part of being a coach, by the way. And I, I guess, you know, everybody knows and likes Ron Rivera, right? He seems like a great guy. Part of being a coach is – mind melding your in-game stuff with your big picture stuff right because you do want to win the games you play right you want to you want to win the games that take place like on a sunday and in game but you also have to keep in mind what your big picture plan is i believe jacoby Brissett gives the commanders a better chance to win and I believe that is why they made the switch in-game, right? They said, listen, Sam Howell's not getting it done. Jacoby Brissett gives us a better chance to win. Let's make that change. And then I believe they walked to the locker room after the game, having lost, even though Jacoby Brissett made it interesting down the stretch. And they had that, you know, everybody has that moment, right? That come, that kind of sobering moment. And they're like, oh, man, we really need Sam Howell to be our long-term starter. What do we do? We did like we made that decision because it, but we weren't thinking of what we were gonna do next week. And all right, let's go tell him that Sam Howell's gonna continue to be the starter. And it's it's a really tough situation, right? It's it's now it's kind of muddied the waters because once like if you're Terry McLaurin, let's just look at it from Terry McLaurin's standpoint. Jacoby Brissett played, and you got a lot more passes thrown your way, and you scored a couple touchdowns, and you got back to being. Uh, you know, the the number one wide receiver on the team. Scary Terry. You got back, exactly. You went from uh, Mr. McLaurin to Scary Terry when when Jacoby Brissett took over, uh, right? You you got back to being the, the top-end wide receiver that you've been in the past. If Sam Howell's out there and you go a quarter without getting the ball, how do you not think, like, gosh, put Jacoby in? Right, you've muddied the waters by letting it 
get as far as it is right now. That's not great. That's not great at all. And the more and more this this Washington team continues, the more and more I'm seeing a full-scale knockdown. So I know you said it muddies the water a little bit. Does this cause a, a divide amongst the locker room, you think? Um, Potentially. Now, by the way, and this is a, a uh, mark of or a credit to both the North Carolina and NC State programs. Uh, I've heard nothing but good things about both guys, right? So it is one of those, like, I think everybody on the team loves Sam and loves Jacoby, right? It's it's when Jacoby's playing, you're like, man, I feel bad for Sam. But I hey, great for Jacoby. When Jacoby's playing, it's it's the kind of the opposite, right? Or the vice versa. You know what I'm saying. So I don't know if there's the divide of, like, half the team wants Jacoby, half the team wants Sam, which you see sometimes with, with – quarterback controversies but i i do think there is an element of everybody we've said it like 10 times today this is this could be the theme of the show everybody in the nfl is playing for your next contract you're playing for your next job you're playing for uh, your next opportunity and if you think jacoby Brissett gives you a chance to rack up stats better so when you ask for your money you're going to get more of it or if you're going into a free agency year more teams will want you you want jacoby in the game that's a business decision, right? Sam, love you. It's a business decision. I want Jacoby in there. And if if the, the coaching staff is saying the opposite, there could be a little divide. I don't think it's a big divide. I don't think it's out of any uh, malice, but it could be a divide. Uh, that's number five. Let's get to number four. We are the four horsemen. Woo! Speaking of every player playing for their next contract, uh, earlier today the Panthers, it was leaked and released that they are going to release Justin Houston. That's interesting, okay? Yeah, I believe it's an admittance that of a, a wider scale misjudgment and miscalculation by the Panthers. Um, but it also reminds us that everybody in that Panthers organization is thinking about their next step, right? Uh, Chris Tabor, their interim coach, was asked if he had any conversations with David Tepper following the win. Oh, it was, it was business as usual. He was excited about the win. He was excited for the guys. Uh, I think everybody that was in our locker room was was happy with the outcome and and that's that's just what it was everybody's happy everybody the reason why that question was asked is because everyone's worried about the future what did he say what does this change things does this did it say anything to you are you going to be kept are you going to be a part of the process here's what's happening okay then the justin houston move the release i think proves this again and by the way justin houston he had not been playing like it's it, it, it's not like they're missing a big contributor that was taking a whole bunch of minutes. This is a move that shows how far off, how miscalculated the expectations for the Panthers were this offseason. This shows how wildly incorrect internally they were about how good this team is. It shows that they weren't lying to us, right? Because every team during the preseason, what do they say? Oh, we're chasing championships, and we love what we did this offseason, and we're excited for our guys. But then sometimes the actions say otherwise, right? Oh, we're we're ready to compete this year. We think we got a chance at the division. We want to uh, get to the playoffs. And then they take every veteran on their, their team and trade them for future picks. And you're like, do you really? Do you really think you're good, or are you tanking, right? The Panthers didn't 
Like, they were being honest. They said, hey, we think we're better at every position, uh, or at least as good as we were last year. We, we have high expectations. And they were signing veterans. They went and brought in Deion Jones, an off-ball linebacker who had played a lot of time in Atlanta and I believe a little bit of time last year with, with Cleveland. They brought in someone like Justin Houston, who is a situational 34-year-old pass rusher. A player like Justin Houston has absolutely no business being on the roster of a team that is no good because he just wants to be on a contender. That's why he's being released now, so he can go try to latch on with a contender for the postseason. He wants to play somewhere where he can get one more run at a ring before his, his body breaks down and he has to, to retire. Being on the Panthers made no sense for him unless the Panthers sold him on, no, we're actually going to be good this year. You're the final piece. We've got this young hotshot rookie quarterback that's going to change everything. We made all these moves in free agency. We brought in Miles Sanders. We brought in this guy. Brian Burns is going to be a menace. We brought in these safeties. It's going to be great. We just need you. And then they brought him in, and, and immediately it was like, nope. Immediately it was like, all those high expectations you have, completely and totally incorrect. Did not happen. Not even close. It's it's uh, I don't know why this is the example that uh, that's popping into my head. And uh, I, I I think I say this enough. I grew up in Hawaii, uh, and we had a giant like Olympic sized pool outside Hawaii, right? Pretty cool. And one of my science classes, we had to make a boat out of a uh, refrigerator box, cardboard. Okay. And then one of you from so your raft. Yeah, like well, it was a boat. It was, you got to paddle. Okay. And uh, so it was like groups of three. You made this boat. And then you, one of the people in your boat or in your group had to hop in and you had to paddle the length of a, of an Olympic uh, pool and back. And it was a race to see who won. It was a physics thing. And when I tell you my group, we were so confident in our boat. We worked so hard on it. We did research. It looked cool. Like we, we did so much work. We were talking trash and, uh, the moment it wasn't me, but my buddy pops in that boat, <laughs> immediate capsize, immediate bottom of the pool. It was, we didn't make it five meters. We had to make it 50 meters and back. That kind of feels like the, the Panthers, right? We genuinely thought our boat was awesome. We thought we were going to be the, the uh, speedboat out there. We were the Titanic. We, yeah, we, we were out there going, we're going to win the division. We're, all we need is a veteran. Let's go ahead and add another piece of tape to it, right? All we need is Justin Houston. Oh, we got Bryce Young. We're talking trash as we walk up to the edge of the pool. He got in there, immediately capsized. Everybody laughed. Uh, did not get a good grade. Like, that is what happened. That's what the Panthers were. They, they weren't faking it. They weren't doing the coach speak thing. They genuinely thought they were going to be a playoff contender. That's... That's a demerit. That's a black mark on the record of all of the evaluators, right? Everybody that put that roster together and had such high expectations has no idea what a good NFL roster looks like. Because if you had all the tape and all the evaluations and all the scouting reports on everyone on that Panthers roster and said, yep, let's go assemble veterans. We're going on a playoff run. You don't know what a good roster looks like. Yep. That's a problem. You need to reevaluate your evaluators after that takes place. And then this Justin Houston release is just another example of it. That's number four. Let's get to number three. 
AP Top 25 Men's Basketball came out. UNC fell to 11 after losing to Kentucky. The Tar Heels are the top-ranked team in the ACC. Clemson, 18. Duke is 21. Virginia is 22. Virginia has a big game tonight, by the way. I forget who who against. Look that up, Graham. Uh, Thank you very much. I didn't say please, and I should have. Uh, But if I'm looking at Carolina, it's interesting, right? Being 11 in in, in the country is... I wouldn't say anything special to write home about about a team like North Carolina. But being the top-ranked team in the ACC, you still control your destiny. Battle of the 20s. 22nd-ranked Virginia versus 23rd-ranked Memphis. Memphis, that's who it is. Memphis looking to get back-to-back wins against ACC opponents. And uh, Memphis is adding. They're bringing in transfers that are going to be available. They're they're an interesting program. Um, My point is for North Carolina is – Everything, like, there is a level of urgency for the UNC Tar Heels because guys like Baycott, guys like Davis, they've been around a long time. They've sniffed their ultimate goal, right? They made it all the way to the national championship game, and this is their Michael Jordan's last ride, right? This is their last dance. This this is that move. So it's right in front of you. Right? If you are the best team in the ACC, you'll be one of the top seeds in the big dance. If you're the best team in the ACC, you'll be near and, and maybe even picked as a favorite to do all of the crazy and lofty goals that you have. And if you're Baycott, if you're Davis, you have to have the urgency of someone who is on your last year of eligibility. It's, it's as tried and true as the tides, taxes, and the sun rising. The seniors at the at the beginning of any college sports season will be in a team meeting. The coach is going to ask them to walk to the front, and they're going to look at the underclassmen and say, please, please, you don't understand it yet. You think this is going to go on forever. But for us, this is our last ride, and we need to be locked in. The The, the North Carolina Tar Heels, they have lost to Kentucky right there. They, they, they haven't – I mean, I wouldn't even say they have any dramatic – Big time, big wins. But you have to look around and say we still control our own destiny. 11th in the country does that. That's number three. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. Yesterday, the Panthers all about celebration. You won a game, and it was the Mon- it was a victory Monday. Today, it's all about two things. Honest evaluation of that game. Right, Not just, hey, it was awesome, we won, but what did we do poorly? Why did we win that game by two when we should have won it by 20? When when the Falcons were really, really uh, you know, leaving things out there that you should take advantage of, why did we walk away with only nine points? Like, that's what it's about. And what about the good can we build on? What, what bad do we have to fix, and what good can we build on? And when it comes to the good, I think it's mostly mental. Because I I mean, to be completely honest with you, offensively, I didn't see a ton of good. There's that last drive. DJ Chark made a big catch. Uh, Jonathan Mingo made a big catch. And there was a lot of consistency on a long drive that you won the game. Other than that, the offense didn't play particularly well. You protected the football in a rain game, which there's something to be said for that. 
right? You didn't turn the ball over despite the fact that it, it was a monsoon-like conditions. But you get to relax for a second. You get to take a deep breath for a second. You get to go, we didn't get embarrassed again. And I think that's that's worth something. We're not going to be the first team in NFL history to finish 1-16. True. I didn't think about that because of the extra game. Yeah, you're not going to tie the record for most losses in a season, uh, which you would do. That's a good point because the extra game. I didn't I didn't think about that. Um, so you just got some of those out of the way, and now you got three games to just kind of relax and play football. And kind of embrace, embrace the pettiness a little bit. Embrace the pettiness. What do you mean as by that? As far as everybody's looking at us as we've been the bounce-back game for a lot of teams this season. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks they can just roll right over us. No, we have a chance to kind of – screw up the draft a little bit with some picks and we also have a chance to screw up the playoffs if if like you said the buccaneers haven't secured the division by that point and we saw this last year you win a bunch of games or a handful of games to end the season right and steve wilkes went six and six after taking over for matt rule you can get the fans on your side there's something to be said for the team that doesn't quit when there's nothing to be gained and if they keep playing well or if they win a couple more games or win a, another game and are competitive in the other two, there's something to be said for not giving up. That's number two. Let's get to number one. The one! Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Carolina Hurricanes tonight versus Las Vegas. This this one, were, we saying, were you signaling something to me, Graham? I was just going to say, it's not really breaking news, but according to Chip Alexander, at Ice Chip on Twitter eight minutes ago, Andre Spetschikoff will play tonight, Rod Brennamore says. Love it. I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier. Andre Spetschikoff is a player who need like, actually, let's put it this way. Okay. The Canes up to this point have not lived up to what everybody was expecting them in the preseason. They were the betting favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. So up until now, They have not lived up to expectations. That's not to say they won't. That's not to say they can't right the ship. That's not to say Rod Brindamore doesn't, you know, have a plan. But it is to say up to this point, they have not lived up to expectations. I think that's fair, right? So what you need to look for are ways to improve. Where are the most likely places to improve? I'm looking at someone like Stefan Nason, and I'm going, no, you're playing great. I don't think it's fair for us to expect you to find another gear because you're playing great, right? There are certain players uh, in the, uh, on the defensive side that I'm like, no, you know what? You're actually playing pretty well, uh, or you're figuring it out, right? We had the whole Dmitry Orlov kind of adjustment period. Like, there's things that they are doing well. I think Andrei Svechnikov is one of the places where you can genuinely say, I think there's a lot of uh, – realistic room for improvement there where Svech has been playing up till now due to the injury and knocking off the rust and being in and out of the lineup with other ailments um he there's a big gap between where he's been playing and where we know he's capable of playing so that is an opportunity right 
get Svech out there, get him playing better. That'll make the Canes look a lot better. Yeah, first game for Svechikov in eight First game in eight games for Svechikov. Now, it's also worth mentioning that seven minutes ago, Chip also tweeted, Brendan Moore says Svech could play, but it sounds like he's a go. Could play. Ooh. Uh, if he can play, why wouldn't you? He's Andre Svechikov. Um, but we'll wait and see for official word. They're just trying to psych up the, the Vegas Golden Knights. Ooh, you don't bit. know. Are you Should you prepare for Svetch or should you prepare for Lemieux? That's up to you. Right now, or seven I, defensemen. We're right now playing devil's advocate. If I'm the Vegas Golden Knights, I'm kind of thinking, so what if he plays or doesn't play? Mm. Well, again, that's, why I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. There's room to improve. Uh, the other place that there's room to improve, goalie. Coach Chekhov, uh, I'd say last three games, has played pretty well. And he's going to get the the call tonight. There's just there's no net. <laughs> ironically, uh, there's no safety net now, right? Auntie Ranta, he got a case of the yips. I, I don't know how else to describe it, right? Uh, it's it's between the ears for him, and he's down in the AHL now uh, after clearing waivers and being sent down to Chicago. Uh, and he gave up three goals on 21 shots tonight. From what I've heard, one of them is is one he'd really like back. The other two, you know, tough to tough to blame him. But um. Kochekov, like the the backup now is Peretz, the undrafted rookie who was uh, on the ice for Quinnipiac last year, winning the national championship. So that's not a that's not somebody you want to turn to, right? So Kochekov is out there playing without a net, um, and and what I mean by that is. There's no safety net. If you don't play well, there's nowhere to turn. If you get hurt, there's nowhere to turn. You might have to play through a small ailment that if if you had a more trusted second goalie, you would then, you know, the coaches would give you a, a four days off, it, you know, to get right. Um, there's a chance that they might even ask him to play the first and second of a back-to-back shortly after Christmas, whatever that is, the 27th and 28th. Kochekov is going to carry – a large amount of the pressure that the Canes are on. And if he doesn't play well, that's going to up the ante on everybody. No pun intended. That's going to up the pressure on everybody else on the ice for the Canes. And there's a lot that they have to figure out even without that pressure. Oh, and by the way, tonight they're playing the Las Vegas Golden Knights. The team that's number one in the NHL. They're number two in scoring. They're number eight in goals allowed. Here's Sebastian Ajo, one of the team leaders, the top guys we keep talking about for the Canes, who uh, was asked about rebounding against the defending champs. Sebastian, two tough losses, obviously, but winning Tuesday night against the defending champs could obviously get the momentum back forward with this team. How you just get ready and prepare for it? Uh, yeah, just uh, another huge game for us. Um, just the normal stuff. We're going to practice tomorrow. Go over this game and try to take a couple learners and some good things and move on. Obviously, it's uh, it's gonna be you know if you want to be a champ, you gotta beat the champ. Obviously, so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a big fun for us. Yeah, it's not it's it's a it's not an easy task. Like uh, you know, we talk about the Panthers or everybody's get right game. Uh, the Canes do not have a get right game tonight. They have the opposite of that is not what the the, the doctor ordered. Uh, we have some audio from Ranta, who, as I mentioned uh, in the AHL with Chicago, the, the Wolves uh, blocked 18 of 21 shots today, did give up three. Uh, the one I've heard, which is actually the second goal uh, that he gave up, is, is one he'd like to have back. Uh, that according to Walt Ruff, team reporter for the Canes. We have some audio from Ranta. Is this after today's game? Yes, yeah, this is post-game sound. All right, here's Ranta. Auntie, a crazy couple of days for you. You just got in yesterday, and you start off with a morning game. You hit the ground running. You get the win. How are you feeling? 
obviously the the biggest thing was to to get that win. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been uh, kind of crazy, crazy couple of days, and you know, came in last night, and then uh, this morning when you woke up, you came to the rink, and you just introduce yourself to the other guys, and and the game starts in two hours. So uh, you know, you just try to you know have fun with it, just go out there and and do your best, and and just see what the result is. Like you know, just have fun, have fun, and and enjoy playing, and you know, whenever you make a save, just enjoy that and, and keep it going. Maybe, maybe that's exactly what you need. I mean, obviously there's a little less pressure. There's a little more like, hey, work it out, right? We're going to leave you out there to figure it out in, in the AHL than there is in the NHL. So maybe that's exactly what he needed. You hope so. Everything I've heard about the guys, he's a great guy. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu.